The best thing of being at LEED is that we have really experienced business coaches that have made the journey themselves before. Uh, so we open up a wide network, as Andy said, both to competence as well as to investors and money. Welcome to this episode of Speed of Life. This is a podcast series focusing on innovations accelerating towards better health. My name is Björn and I am co-hosting this episode together with my colleague Diana. A very warm welcome to you. Let's jump into this episode. Uh, Hello to all the listeners of this special edition episode in which we will meet two representatives of the innovation support system in the East Middle Sweden. A warm welcome to Katarina Sandberg, the CEO of the lead incubator in Lean Shopping and Andy Browning, uh, the life science project manager at UIC, Uppsala Innovation Center. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We are really happy to have you here. Uh, We are really looking forward to learn more about UIC and LEAD and in what way entrepreneurs may receive support through you. Uh, But first, tell us a bit more about yourselves and uh, your roles. Thank you for having us. As you said, my name is Katarina Sandberg and since two years back, I am the CEO at LEAD, the incubator in Östergötland. And we are located in Linköping and Norrköping. Uh, Before that, I was uh, an innovation advisor focusing on medtech cases at uh, Linköping University for one and a half year, which was a really great experience before coming to LEAD. Uh, Because before that, I was joining Sektra, a medtech company in Sweden and Linköping for nearly 20 years. So I was uh, joining them when they were around 50 people and we were 600 when I was leaving Mm. the company. Mm. So that was a journey, really a journey. And afterwards, when I left them, that's when I start thinking about how much I have learned during that journey. So and that's really good experience having now in my new role. Can imagine that. Yeah, so uh, Andy Browning, uh, as you can probably tell, I'm not Swedish. I'm what I call now a Brexit refugee. Um, So I moved to Sweden back in 1998, uh, worked in the pharma and biotech industry. So I have about 15, 20 years experience in the pharma and biotech industry before joining the innovation office at Uppsala University. And I've been working there on and off for the last almost 15 years, Uh, (coughs) primarily with life science questions worked with large European consortia and more recently also with the, with the incubator here in Uppsala. Great. Uh, we mentioned the word incubator a couple of times. Would you explain what we mean by that? Yeah, I can start maybe. <laughs> uh, when I started at LEED, I didn't know that much about what an incubator is, but we help entrepreneurs and researchers to build their company and help them to grow faster and safer. It's an easy way to explain. So we have business coaches and tools and methods on how to build a company. So you don't need to do the journey on your own. And I think that's really important that we really spread the word about that. Uh, I think that within the system, we are a lot of people that thinks that everyone knows what an incubator is, but when I was working outside uh, for Sectra, I didn't even know that this support uh, 
uh, that you could have this support. Mm. So. So, so how many companies can you support at the same time? At the moment, we have 48 ideas or startups uh, within the incubator at LEED. Mm. And for how long are they staying within your programs normally? Uh, we have different programs, but from, from day one until they leave, it differs a lot. For the deep tech companies, it's about three to five years from, from the start until they leave us. Uh, but we also have a more of a speed, uh, fast track lane, and there we see that they they will maybe be part of the lead team for two to four years or two to two to three years. Yeah, I think um, that, I mean, as, as you said, Katarina, I think you know that what what you see from outside the system is is not necessarily a very clear picture of what an incubator is. Uh, but I think, you know, supporting entrepreneurs, giving them the tools to help themselves, uh, opening up networks for them uh, is really sort of the key role of what we what we do. Uh, and that could be everything from sort of providing expert help to linking them to investors and really putting them on the right path so that, you know, as they lead the incubator, hopefully they've got a company that's investment ready where there's already maybe taken in some investment. Uh, they, they know what the risks are and what the plan is and, and they're ready to carry on on their journey. I think for, for us at, at Upsala Innovation Centre, uh, we have a number of programmes. Typically, the, 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 the actual business programmes themselves are maybe three months, so it's quite intensive. They come in sort of one day a week or half a day a week uh, for three months, and then they're part of the incubator for the rest of that year. Uh, and then they get, they, if they want, they can jump onto the next step. Uh, and that's true for two or three of the programmes. And then we have an accelerator programme, which is a lot more perhaps intensive. It's very company-specific where they can be up to three years, particularly the life science companies tend to stay longer in, in that process. So I guess it's roughly the same. In, in total, it could be up to about five years. Yeah, I think we work quite a lot the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us a bit more about the, the specific support they can gain from you. You mentioned programs, you mentioned coaches. Yeah, we have coaches. a very well-defined process on how to, to develop a, a business. Um, business development process, where we, the last couple of years, also have included sustainability within the whole business development, which has become really important, uh, both in how to get good investors on board later on, but also how to get the soft money from the system. You need to, to think about the sustainability part as well. Uh, but I would say that the, the biggest uh, The best thing of being at LEAD is that we have really experienced business coaches that have made the journey themselves before. Uh, so we open up a wide network, as Andy said, both to competence as well as to investors and money. I think one of the things that we do that's really important in the early stages, so we have a, a program called Business Startup, and that's almost there's a big focus there on understanding what the customer needs. And I think coming from the universities, you tend to see there's a lot of interesting technologies that are kind of looking for a, a, an outlet, looking for a customer. And then I think the first part of the incubator process is actually turn that on its head and say, okay, what, what needs are there out there? The idea that you have is do the potential customers or end users see that as a real need? Is that a, the problem you're trying to address? Do they experience that as a problem? 
And I think that's quite an interesting journey for the entrepreneurs that we work with to actually get them to go knocking on doors, making telephone calls uh, and get that conversation going. Uh, and one of the tools we use is to get them to, to go and interview customers about what's going on, what their problems are and not pitch their idea at all. And that, believe me, is a real <laughs> challenge. Yeah, that's I different. fully agree with that. Uh, and that's also our step one. To, to get an understanding, is there a need out there for your brilliant idea? <laughs> because everyone said, I have a brilliant idea. <laughs> okay, have you talked to someone else about it? <laughs> oh, no, not every time. <laughs> so I'm a bit curious uh, in terms of life science then, how many of those are actually coming from academia? How many of the, the entrepreneurs? Most of them. Yeah, in, I'm in just our trying to think in terms of life science. I mean, we, I, I can't remember the exact statistics for, for life science, so do you see, but... Generally, we see about a third of all the uh, ideas or all the companies that come through come from academia. I think there's a high proportion that come in the life science sector because it's such a high technology base. Um, yeah. At LEED, we have 50% from the academia and 50% outside uh, of the cases. And about 25% is life science case at the moment for us. And do you know how many incubators are there in Sweden? I think around about 50 or 60, depends a little bit on what you count as an incubator. Yeah. Um, and, do yeah. and do you all work with innovators from all kinds of fields? We mentioned life science, or would you say that you're specialized or and have a sp specific, specific field per incubator? Or how do you work? It differs a lot, I would say. But in our case, we say that we are an incubator focusing on business-to-business -business deep tech cases. Uh, in the early stages, we we have an intake that's much broader, both business to consumer and, and business to business, uh, and you don't need to be deep tech, but some sort of tech, and we want to see that they have a possibility to scale. Uh, but in the incubator, there we focus on business to business and deep tech. Yeah, for us, uh, we're a, a broad incubator, so we uh, take basically any any uh, sort of field, technology field that has to be in innovation at, at the sort of core of the business. So we don't incubate companies that are just selling uh, Red of Eastern Schenster or, or things like that. Um, I think one of the, uh, so, so in, in that respect, we're quite broad, but if you go and look at some of the other incubators in Sweden, they're very focused. So Umeå Biotech Incubator, as the name suggests, is a biotech incubator. Um, but there's another incubator in, in Umeå that works on, on non-life science fields. So there's a broad range, and then some of them are embedded in science parks. Um, others are pure incubators. So there's a very, very different models depending on the ecosystem that they're, they're in. And as you know, this is a podcast focusing on life science, so I'm interested in hearing a little more about the life science community and companies that exist and operates in and around your different uh, cities and areas and surroundings in Uppsala and Linköping. Uh, so how big is the life science sector compared with other sectors, would you say? For us as an incubator, as I said, we have around 25% of the cases that are life science. Um, and we are mostly focusing on on medtech, not so much as at pharma, because we are not that big in in the university in Linköping. We are really um, in the forefront, I would say, on visualization and medtech. Uh, so of course, we have most of the companies coming from that part. Um, 
and also the companies around us are more focused on visualization and, and medtech. Mm. I think it's sort of Uppsala, it, at the incubator we have, like I said, about a third of the companies that we see come through us are life science. But as a sector in Uppsala, I think there's almost like 10,000 people employed in the life science sector here in Uppsala. Obviously, some of those are with the big companies like Cytiva and Thermo Fisher. And then you've got a whole raft of smaller companies on, on the business park, which is the old Pharmacia research site. So I think there's more people employed in life science there now than there ever was when Pharmacia were there, which is kind of quite exciting. So there's a lot happening. And I think that actually helps us as an incubator because it's a, a pool of resource that we can tap into. There's people who have experienced an entrepreneurial journey who quite often are f willing to help and give back to the system. There's expertise that we can tap into just for a couple of hours, just to, to ask questions in, in Cytiva, in Thermo Fisher, and things like that. So I think it's it really helps the whole ecosystem to have those big players there and also some of the medium, smaller medium companies as well. Yeah, I'm um, a bit curious about that, sorry. No. Uh, how many people do you engage in the whole network that you have uh, that can support these companies? <laughs> that's oh, really that's a tricky question. That. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a really tricky question. I would say th there is lots of people, a and I, uh, I'm really, I would not say surprised, but it's really great to see that a lot of people, when you just reach out with a question, there are so many people that are willing to help. Mm. So I fully agree with that. Just, can I have a 30-minute chat with you because we have some discussion we need to, we, we want to dig into your journey and see if we can have some help. and. 99 out of 100 say, of course, I want to help. Mm. Yeah, it's the same for us. I think, you know, there's, it's people are often willing to give back to the system that they come from. Uh, so if you ring and say, look, we know you've got some experience of this. We've got another company who is just starting their journey, who would look like they're you know, traveling down the same path. Would you be willing to just talk to them for half an hour, 45 minutes, explain some of the challenges that you saw and some of the hurdles that you've overcome? Almost everyone says mm. yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm quite satisfied with lots uh, because I think that says a lot about the culture in, mm. in your respective cities um, because I think uh, if the culture is that positive and, and many people want to, to you know, support somehow, uh, I think you are, it would be much easier actually to get these companies to grow, definitely. Mm. Mm. And life science companies often have a long journey in front of them and uh, when it goes well, they accelerate really quickly. Uh, that often it requires lots of expertise that we have talked about and lots of money, among other things. Do you have the means to support them through the, the whole journey? And if so, how? I don't know about the whole journey. I don't think an incubator's role is to take the company all the way to launching a product, especially for life sciences, because there's so much more money needed for a lot of life science companies. What we can do is maybe help them on... on uh, de-risk, get to a situation where investors are coming in and often if you get the right investors, you'll get the right expertise that will help you on the next step. So then that's really our role. If we stay with the companies too long, then we can't help the other companies that are coming through. Uh, but we do have a number of programs. I think one, one we can put is in a really nice example. It's called Swedish Scale-Ups, which is a collaboration between within with the incubators in the region which is really looking at taking the companies that have essentially left the incubator space and what more can we provide? How can we help them grow uh, quickly in our region? Because that's really where we want. We want sort of economic growth here. Uh, and that's actually been a really good collaboration and, and it's worked really well. So there's a program for these companies that are, are established and looking to sort of expand rapidly. Uh, and that's across all fields. 
And what kind of support do they need then? So they, it's typically sort of putting a plan together for that rapid expansion, being able to sort of essentially nail down the project plan, what each step is going to cost, and then being able to turn that into a kind of an investor pitch, if you like, to say, okay, this is our plan. We are pretty sure we can realize this. This is the money we need for each step. Uh, and then put some stuff around that. So, I mean, a lot of these, as Katarina said, a lot of investors are now looking at sustainability as a key factor for, for, for investment. And we can provide that kind of support to put on a sustainability plan, uh, analyze where they are and where they're going, because that's going to be a key factor and things like that. So we can build a lot of stuff around them. Another thing that we, we've seen, especially with rapidly going companies, is kind of team development. So if you're coming from an environment where you're two, three, five people, it's kind of ingrained in the system how you behave towards each other, what, you know, what the kind of social rules are, if you like. And then all of a sudden you're 15 people and that doesn't work. You know, what was sitting in the walls of the organization, you need to find a way to sort of not exactly document it, but actually put it into, into the culture so that as you grow, that culture rem re uh, remains the same. And that's also something we have, a, a, you know, we have programs together to, to help those teams. So, so the company grows, the team grows, the whole the sustainability plan is in place, and all of a sudden you've got a companies that are really quite a, attractive to invest in. Yeah, help them set the whole structure around it. Yeah. How, how the growth should be executed. Uh, and I fully agree with Andy that the Swedish Scala project is really a, a great story around how, how you can help the companies after they have left the incubator. Uh, but because what we see in our region is that we, we have a lot of startups and they are doing great, but quite too few of them are really scaling. Uh, and I think personally that it might be that you have, you have done your startup journey and you have uh, built a, a nice company which is uh, delivering uh, black numbers and it's pretty okay. So you're satisfied with that? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and then it's quite tough to say, okay, oh, now we're going to scale. Now we're going to put in even more effort to see how we can scale this. And then you really need the help. Uh, and with Swedish Scale Up, I think we can give them that help. Yeah. Sure. And for the life science, uh, LEED has joined the ALIS uh, community like half half a year ago or something. And that's really great for us because uh, the ALIS network is the life science incubators within Sweden. I think we are nine, nine incubators. So there we really can benefit from having different knowledge over the country so if we have a company that we feel that we might not can get the perfect help then we can reach out to the Alice incubators and say okay do you have a business coach that has made this type of journey or can we reach out within the network that you have so we have broadened the network a lot by having that uh, community I mm. would say yeah I think the whole idea behind bringing the life science incubators together in, in Sweden together is, is, is a testament to the fact that I think everyone sees the benefit of working together uh, because you know, well, one plus one plus one times nine is actually going to be more than, 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 you know, than nine of us. And there are areas where we, we need to work together to put Sweden on the map. I mean, we were discussing just offline uh, just before we started here that one of the things that we've done fairly recently is the, the second Swedish investment meeting for 
the OLIS, so that the companies within the incubators. So that's bringing all of the life science companies that we have together from across the country. And that all of a sudden attracts a lot of investors that would never come if it was just Uppsala or just Stockholm or just Gothenburg. Uh, we do it digitally, we do it online, so it breaks down a lot of barriers so that it's like a 20 minute uh, sort of matchmaking uh, and the companies love it and the investors love it because they can sit in their office in New York or London or Geneva or wherever and meet basically an entire raft of companies from early startup companies from the whole of the country. Yeah, and in one way, it's also, I really don't like the, the pan pandemic situation, but the pandemic has helped us in one way in that because it's all of a sudden accepted that have a whole digital meeting. Oh, okay, mm. so you get a, a, a wider range uh, or a reach, so mm. to say. Yeah. I don't think we'd have probably arranged the meeting in this way if it hadn't no. been for the pandemic. I'd, at least, I, at least I'd, I think we would have probably automatically said, oh, how can we get the investors to come to us physically? Yes. I uh, fully agree. Uh, yeah. Now we said, actually, it works digitally, and we get more investors coming. Yeah, uh, that's one my follow-up question. Do you see that there is a, is a larger interest in, in you know, financing these kind of projects within life science after the pandemic, or due mm. to the pandemic? I don't know, but what we see is that uh, we have broadened our network of investors during okay. the pandemic because we are doing the, the digital meetings. We, we never got interest from Copenhagen or nearly not from Stockholm uh, down to Linköping, that they should drive down to Linköping for a two-hour meeting, meeting for startups. But now, all of a sudden, we have people from all around Sweden and also outside Sweden joining our events. So that's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a question, uh, but w that you have all started to answer do you see each other as competitors <laughs> what we have here heard so far uh, i don't think so <laughs> no uh, and this is one of my sort of classic bugbears i don't think we can afford to compete what did you call it uh, it's a bugbear okay. so it's just something that kind of irritates me the whole idea mm -hmm. that in a country the size of you know with a population that's basically the size of london yeah. that we should start competing it doesn't help us at all if we want to be visible on the world map we have to do it as Sweden as the as uh, as a country, not Linköping, not Uppsala, not Stockholm, not Gothenburg. It has to be, and that's when we become visible. And I think we've been able to show that. So competitors, no Collab uh, collaborators and partners, yes. Yeah, and I I said from the beginning I've been in this system for two years. As I said, if we put the startup in the middle, then we will win together. Mm. When they when they um, get uh, successful. We all have contributed to that. Uh, you talked about collaborating between the incubators. Do you collaborate with others in the environment? Yeah, within our region uh, in Östergötland, we really talk a lot about that. I I like to see it as a, a red thread, a red uh, line. So we work a lot with the university. And there we have 50% of the deep tech uh, in, in uh, what do you say? In the, in the, in the inflow. In the inflow yeah. to the incubator is around 50% from the university. And then we work with them together 
to help them on the startup journey. And afterwards, we leave them to the science park because it's the science park together with us that has joined the Swedish incubator process. Mm -hmm. And we also work a lot with Almi. And again, it's all about putting the startup in the middle and see how can we help them in the best way. Mm. Now, I think I here in Uppsala, we, you know, we have two s very strong universities and they've both got their own innovation offices and that's a key collaboration for the incubator, obviously, because a lot of ideas will come from there. Uh, we have Almi as well uh, in our region because they tend to work regionally. That's obviously another, another key player. And I think one of the strengths that we have in the Uppsala ecosystem is there are a number of key players who are actually sitting in the same building. Uh, mm. in the same office space and that helps such a lot uh, and I think you know stuns and stuns life science make it play a key role there in actually holding the system together uh, making sure we're all under one roof uh, when I when I'm presenting the ecosystem in Uppsala I usually take with me a photo of the coffee machine mm -hmm. and say this is the most important tool that we have in the whole ecosystem just being able to, <laughs> to, to say oh let's go and grab a cup of coffee because I need to pick your brains about something it makes such a big difference yeah I'm smiling now because we are also always talk about the magic of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and that has been tricky during the pandemic, yes, though. Yes, absolutely. So we really want people to come back to the office because it's around the coffee machine, the magic will happen. Mm. So how do you measure success within your organizations? Um, we measure, we have a goal that we should uh, as we say, kick out, it's, uh, it sounds so hard, but that, that five companies should leave us yearly that have a potential of five years after they have left us, have reached 30 million, 25% uh, yearly growth and 10 people employed. Okay, so it's kind of hard numbers. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, we're not really there yet. Yeah. So you monitor them? Yeah. Several years yes, after they leave? Yeah. we do. How do you yeah for us I think we, we look at the return on investment is so that's so we have sort of every one crown that goes into the incubator 19 crowns will come out of the companies in terms of returns to the to the to the the government's coffers if you like which is something we're really proud of because I think that gives shows you the effect of working through the incubator uh, we also if you look at the companies that are coming out of the accelerator program which is, is the last step if you like within the incubator nine out of ten of those are still active and growing uh, mm. a few years down the line which is also a testament to sort of what's going on and the, the support we can provide so i think it's it, but it's i think counting hard numbers isn't, doesn't always tell the story it's important to be able to show these kind of things to especially the people that finance us uh, but actually what what i think really attracts uh, what's really attractive are the stories so the entrepreneurs behind the companies that we talk about. So Ilya Pharma is, is a really good example. Uh, Gradientech, companies that are going onto the stock exchange that have been part, come out of the university, been part of the incubator, have taken part in our activities and are now flying a, a fantastic course uh, as to very different companies. They did just two examples. I think those tell more mm. than the numbers do. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Do you see any difference between life science companies and, and other types of companies in terms of how, how successful they are? No, I, I can't say that. Uh, I, I would say like some of the deep tech uh, advanced material companies that we have, they are nearly, they're, they're really quite the same as the pharma because they are also taking a lot of time until they, they reach the full potential. So now, do you see any 
Yeah, I think the, the, the one thing we see in the life sciences, you can't actually count the number of products and services you're launching onto a market while they're still in the incubator no. because it takes so much longer to get them out there. So I think what you have to focus on is actually, you know, what, what value has the, the company created? What's the valuation? How, how are the investments going? How is the product or service being developed? Uh, and that's sometimes a lot easier for companies, maybe, for example, in the IT sector, mm. where so, you know, the innovation at the back of it is actually quite nice, and, but you can get it out onto the market and, and working with customers pretty quickly compared to a new pharmaceutical. It's difficult to go out with a pharmaceutical prototype early. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And uh, yeah. even if you would like to, I don't think the the, the regulatory authorities no. would let us. Yeah, no. No, I think that's the way. And it's exactly the, it's the x-axis in terms of time mm. definitely that differs. Sure. Mm. And that's also one thing that that makes it hard for the life science companies. That we said the regulatory. Uh, it takes a lot of time, uh, and we also lack competences. Now with the new system that come up, uh, yeah, we really need notified European bodies. Yeah, the yeah. European regulations. Mm -hmm. uh, we lack notified bodies to be able to to help out in that, and that's really a problem for the small companies. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, you, we can see that that's going to be a massive bottleneck in the next few years. So the shift in in the, in over to to MDR and IVDR. Uh, means that there aren't enough notified bodies for the innovations coming through, which means typically our companies are going to be at the back of the queue, um, and that's you know that's something I think that we as a country need to look at. Uh, something that you, Katrina, has mentioned and talked about a little bit earlier is, and that we hear a lot about nowadays. Uh, uh, and what companies must relate to is the Agenda 2030 and sustainable development and cross-sectoral development. What does it all mean and uh, how do you relate to and work with those challenges, I would say? Um, what we did nearly two years ago was when we saw this happening and, and what I saw was that it's so easy to to let Agenda 2030 be as like a, a green track on the side. And we really didn't want it to be that way. And we have really a, a process in place for business development for the startups. So what we have done is that we have included sustainability within the whole business development process. Uh, from intake or, or actually from the university Near, already at uh, when they meet the innovation advisor, they start talking about the Agenda 2030 and uh, that everyone needs to have that in mind as well. Um, and in our boot up program, which is the, the pre-incubation phase, we have one session around it, so, so everyone needs to have it in place. Uh, and then it will follow through the whole journey. Uh, and on the later stage, we also can help the company to, to count on uh, greenhouse gases. But of course, emissions is not everything. I think that's really important to, to mention as well. Uh, sustainability is a lot more. So, yeah, but but it's, it's an ongoing process. I think you need those kind of proxy markers anyhow. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Mm. and then you have something to communicate yeah. around. So that's good. Uh, for us, I think in terms of bringing the comp companies in, I mean, if it's a requirement that they have to be contributing positively to at least one of the 2030 goals. Um, 
and that is as Kathleen very much like like leads and we put okay let's do the analysis in terms of sustainability what is your plan and that becomes an integral part of the business plan because I think you're seeing more and more that investors want to see this uh, and I think it's it's not something that's going to go away it's not just a trend no <laughs> absolutely not and what requirements do you see coming uh, specific and urgent that they have to relate to now the companies um, yeah the companies yeah i think uh, as we mentioned earlier the shift over to the new uh, mdr has actually made a big change not only are you seeing that there's a bottleneck in the in terms of the notified bodies you're seeing more and more products being regulated where perhaps they weren't before so they've the risk classification has gone up a little bit uh, and that's a, something that we take with the companies really early on to make sure they understand what this means and what they need to plan for uh, it's interesting we, we talked to a couple of investors when we were looking at developing a sort of a more of a detailed program for the life science companies and one of the things they said is that they have seen companies who have really not understood the regulatory pathway so they start down a journey and almost have to dry, pull up the, the handbrake uh, and, and start all over again because they've really not understood what the landscape is and what it actually means for their, their product and that's something we need to work on a lot yeah and also for the more IT related companies it's really important with the IT security part now yep. because that has become more and more important for for the customers on the mm. other hand that you need to show that you are aware of the IT security part and you need to take that in consideration really early before going into to the regulatory mm. otherwise you you might have to do it all, all over, over again. again. There's a lot of things you need to do first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. It's tricky. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what goals and visions do you have for the future? I think that for us to be able to grow and support new more companies, uh, I think that's, I mean, we see there's a, there's, a, there's a real need out there. There's a real, you know, we can see the benefits of the, and what the incubator can do. I personally think that we're going to see more and more national collaboration. Uh, and that, for me, is a personal goal. I mean, I think it's it's essential for us uh, and it benefits everybody. Um, yeah, and I think also to be able to help the companies a little bit further down the line, I think Swedish Scalips has been a really good example of that. Another something sort of area that I think we need to work on together is what uh, Stuns Life Science has been doing with the BioX Accelerate program. So actually, you know, one of the gaps that we see is companies who are have got a nice idea, a nice product or service, and all of a sudden they are faced with the challenge of actually doing a clinical validation of some sort. And really finding money for that is really, really difficult. And I think bridging that gap will help an awful lot of companies. Yeah. And my vision for the future, it's a lot of the same, as Andrew said, uh, to be able to help more companies but also to, to be part of the journey that we can help the companies be even more sustainable so we can be uh, a part of, of building a better future. It might sound like a too big uh, thought maybe, but, but I really see that we meet so many people with, with great uh, ideas that really can change how, how we build the future. So if we can help them with that, we are on to something that really, yeah, make me wake up every night, uh, every morning. Mm, I think it's a great yeah. ambition, yeah. 
And if you were to choose just one thing that you're most proud of having achieved within your respective organization, what would that be? Oh, that's what Let's say this year, <laughs> to make it a bit easier. Uh, I work so much, or we all at least work so much through our companies. So to, to, to see a startup succeed, that's why we are there. So as long as we can do that, it makes my day. Yeah. I think that's, that's, a, that's a really difficult question. I think one thing that we should be more proud of than we perhaps are is to be able to shift the programs that we did onto a digital setup when we were doing Corona. So we managed to continue to provide support and programs for the companies uh, throughout the whole Corona period just by moving to Zoom and setting up digital things. And I think that's something we should actually be pretty proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you see is more is needed in the system? And uh, you mentioned a couple of things earlier. Yeah, it, it's a lot about bridging gaps. Uh, and one thing that I see happening is that we work a lot more together in the whole system in Sweden. And, and that's really a great uh, journey that we're on to. Uh, so that we can... Because we all, I think, meet companies that want to stay in the region where they live and where they have their research. And just because that we, as one incubator, are not maybe the best to help them, they can still have the, the, the base functions within that incubator and then get the help from other incubators around the Sweden or mm. around the world, actually. Yeah. Is this something you would like to convey to companies or researchers that are about to start their journey? Some advice? Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Hmm. There is help out there. There is help yeah. out there, exactly. Reach don't do it on, yeah, don't do it on your own. Uh, uh, and be coachable. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen to the advice you have. <laughs> be coachable. That's the most tricky part, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for some people, not for everyone, but yeah. for some people. No, but I think, you know, it, it, it's sometimes we're in a bit of a niche product area as an incubator. And I think, you know, to understand that there is help out there and, you know, you whatever your product idea is, you know, they will, you know, the incubators are there to help you on your journey, as is the rest of the, you know, the, the ecosystems around the incubators. Yeah, but as you say, you need to be open for, for, for uh, that you will be questioned mm. along the way. And I say that a lot to the companies at lead that if you are, if you are at lead, you you really should be open for that we will question you because we are there for your organizational numbers best, not always for your best. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we strongly believe that what you do is exceptionally important, uh, and I think for Sweden as a country. Um, this is, you know, we need to create new jobs. And I think those jobs are created in small and medium-sized companies uh, and not in the larger ones because the larger ones are, you know, in terms of digital transformation, more automating than what they're doing. So we need these kind of, you know, growth factories. And, and I think the incubators play a very important transition between what you say could be academic, um, you know, results to make them into some kind of companies. And I think also what you're doing is that you, you create a good culture with the people that you have in your network. And I think also you, you steer them towards what's really important. For instance, sustainability, or it could be also 
also you know cross-sectoral competences that we meet especially now and maybe tech needs to merge with life science or whatever and there you have a very important role to play and i also love the fact that you don't see each other's competitors and we see each other as we work together for on the behalf of sweden or maybe on behalf of nordics in general to to be successful and and we're, we're looking forward to to follow your, your journey so thank you very much for being here and yeah thank, thank you, you for having much. us yeah. <laughs>